God. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about our, our prayer. You know, worship is not just, uh, well, it's a time where we're exuberant unto the Lord. You know, we, we, we release our praise through singing. Amen? And uh, the anointing of God is upon it. And it, it comes from the heart. You know what? I've done see somebody praise from their heart than just have manufactured praise anytime. Because when it's coming from the heart, God's going to move and minister to the people. And when we pray, we've also got that same ability to pray with the Holy Ghost anointing. I'll never forget one time there was a man that uh, came in and and uh, I thought he was kind of dry. <laughs> you know, because I was used to my daddy. My daddy was a, a leg kicker. Uh, you know, got really excited and exuberant. And and uh, But this man was not that at all. I mean, you know, he, I thought, dear Lord, where did my dad get this guy from? You know, well, they were good friends. And uh, they actually started a ministerial fellowship together. And but this man had knowledge of the word. Revelation knowledge of the Word. And what he was teaching and ministering that morning, even though it wasn't exactly what everybody was used to, the Word was anointed. And when he ministered to people at the end, I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Ghost moved. The gifts of the Spirit operated, and I saw things happen, and he was so gentle. His tie didn't even get undone. He didn't even break a sweat while he was preaching, you know. And uh, but he—that's not the anointing anyway. Uh, That—that's that's just uh, signs of people getting excited, you know. But the anointing comes from way down here. And he prayed, and things happened. I changed my view of thinking that day. It doesn't matter if someone is just like me or if I'm just like somebody else. I decided one day I can't be nobody but me. And so I'm just going to be me. Praise God. And, uh, uh, you know, if you, uh, if somebody comes in that you think it's better than me, I want you to applaud and just say, praise God. Hallelujah. But listen, it's, it's not, we, we don't, we just want to portray Jesus and put the Word of God out there. But the difference in this particular man I was talking about, a great friend of ours, he's willing to be with the Lord. But, he knew God. He knew the Lord. And he knew the power of God. And he knew that when he prayed, something good was going to happen. Because we live under a covenant with the Lord. We live under a new covenant with the Lord. It's not the old covenant. Remember the old covenant, the priest had to do everything. And the people had to just obey and do all of that. But we're under a new covenant where we offer a sacrifice of praise. We praise the Lord. We glorify God. We're able to pray in the name of Jesus and something's going to happen. Uh, I don't know about you. I still get excited when I pray for someone and get results. I still get excited. I remember I was in Birmingham, England. I'd been over in Ireland preaching on Easter Sunday, the whole weekend, actually, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And Sunday morning I was there. I called an airplane out of Ireland Sunday afternoon and flew back to Birmingham, England, and had a service that Easter Sunday night in a big church there in Birmingham. They must have had six or 800 people there that night in the service. And, 
And uh, God was moving in our services. Miracles were taking place. Healings were taking place. Uh, things were happening. Uh, those reserved English people were not so reserved no more. You know, they, they were just getting free in the Lord. And But I preached that night a simple message uh, on, on resurrection message and, and talking about rolling the stone away and just letting Jesus do the uh, do his thing in our lives, you know. And we I must have prayed for probably, if it was 300, that may be, uh, I don't think I'm stretching it. It was, it was a long line of people that came up for prayer. But out of all those people that we prayed for, there was one person that stood out to me that whole night. It was an 88-year-old grandma. And she came up, and her granddaughters and grandchildren were with her, and, their, and, her, and her daughter was there with them. And, uh, and they, they, <laughs> she came up for prayer that night and asked her what she needed from the Lord. And you know what this little grandma said? She was not even saved. And she said, I want to be born again. I want to become a child of God and have what my kids have. And that, I mean, tears were streaming down her face. Out of all those people we prayed for that night, that one stood out. It still stands out to me today because to me, that's the greatest miracle that can take place is the new birth when someone is transformed and changed by the power of God. And, uh, I, I mean, we, uh, it still stands out. It still makes me want to just weep with, with joy because to see someone hungry at that age and say, I want to be saved. Never been saved in her life, but she got saved. Born again. Praise God. Probably going on the view of the Lord by now. But you know what? I was, I'm just thankful I was able to be there. But you know what? It's because we have a covenant with God that we can relate to people about. It's a covenant. We have a covenant relationship. I don't know about you. We're not going into great detail about covenant, but covenant is a strong word. When you're in covenant with somebody, I mean, your life is standing behind that. When two people made covenant with one another, they cut covenant and uh, they became what you call blood brothers, so to speak. Jonathan and David were blood brothers. They had cut covenant together. And the Bible said their souls were knit together, knit together in this covenant relationship. Because in this covenant, that means that whatever they had was theirs. If David needed an army with him, Jonathan would supply that. Now, whatever he needed, everything he had belonged to him. In fact, that covenant relationship went all the way to the end, even when Jonathan died on the battlefield beside his father, King Saul. And he died. David wept because he knew he had lost a covenant brother in the Lord. But even after that, that covenant was so strong that Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, you know, they heard that, that Jonathan and, and uh, Saul were killed and David was, uh, you know, going to be in charge of everything. And, and they got scared and the nurse ran and dropped Mephibosheth on the ground and lamed him. He was lame from that moment on. A cripple, and, and he couldn't walk. Uh, and, and but but you know what? And he, he was running in fear. They were running in fear because of the covenant. You see, back there, uh, you know, when someone could, took over, uh, they would kill all the relatives. <laughs> Aren't you glad they don't do that today? <laughs> but you know, they they would kill all the relatives, and that's what the fear was in the nurse that was carrying him, the feverish out. But one day, 
David said, is there anybody left in Jonathan's household? And they said, well, he's got a, a son over here. And, uh, and he's been in hiding because he's afraid of him. And he said, okay. Don't you know the fear that came in Mephibosheth's uh, mind when he heard the chariot wheels coming up there in front of his house and the soldiers got off and said, come, King David wants you. Don't you know there was some fear there? But you know what it was? It wasn't that. It wasn't that wasn't what David was doing. What David was doing, he was seeking out someone that that covenant would still touch. And that covenant was still Jonathan's seed. And so Jonathan, uh, his seed was still being blessed. And David opened up his household to him. And he set Mephibosheth at his table to eat every day at the king's table. Praise the Lord. Because of the covenant relationship. Listen, covenant's a powerful thing. And when Jesus died for us, and he rose again on the third day, thank God he did. And that resurrection, through that power of that resurrection, Satan and every imp in hell was defeated. The blood of Jesus had liberated countless millions of souls that had been under the law through all of those years. They were liberated because Jesus went into the lower regions of the earth and led captivity captive. You know, let them free and so they're, they're, the, the blood of Jesus, he did that for us. But see, not only did Jesus bring us to a point where we're accepted in the beloved, but we're a child of God. He's actually our big brother, if you please. Amen? We've been adopted into the family of God. He is the Savior of this world. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But yet, at the same time, He's brought many brethren into the kingdom of God. And that's what we are. We've been, we've been ushered into a covenant relationship with God that is beyond anything that we can even imagine or comprehend. I, once you understand, you know, who we are in Christ. I've had somebody come up to me one time, and I used to be really timid. And, and uh, when I would preach, the Holy Ghost boldness would come on me. And, and, uh, and somebody came up to me one time and said, Who do you think you are? I said, well, I'm Clarence Richard Dalrymple, <laughs> and I'm God's kid, and you're my brother in the Lord. <laughs> because if you're confessing Jesus Christ, we're brothers in the Lord. And uh, they just kind of stepped back. I said, so the same God that works with you works with me. And the same power that flows to you flows through me. Because we have the same daddy. <clears throat> and that same blood has cleansed us. And we're free. And we have the anointing of God flowing through us because we're covenant people. Praise the Lord. That's why Jesus said, if any two of you shall agree on earth and such as anything, it shall be done to the Father which is in the heaven. He didn't say go get all the apostles to do it all. Amen. If any two of you shall agree. Why? Because we're in covenant. We're in covenant with God. We're in covenant relationship with the Father. He honors our prayers. He honors our faith. He honors who we are. In, in, in Christ Jesus tonight. We're, we're, we're somebody. Thank God we've been accepted into the, we've been adopted into the family of God. How many knows what adoption means? I mean, when you're adopted into a family, you've got all the rights as all the children, other children there. You're adopted. Praise God. You take on that name. Uh, we adopted our little girl. 
We never had any children of our own. And we got her when she was two days old. And God just blessed us. I tell you what, you look at her, you think she was our seed, you know. I, I mean, and uh, people would see my daughter with my, with my wife, and and, uh, and uh, they say, you look just like your mama. Stacy looked at can I tell my mama? She said, sure. She said, I'm adopted. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's proud of it. Still proud of it. So proud of it, she adopted one after she, she had one of her own, her and her husband. They adopted one from China and one from Ethiopia. I've got a China doll, an Ethiopian princess, and an American doll. Hallelujah. And I mean, all of them just love Jesus and they love the Lord. And, and, uh, but, but you know, but they're part of the family. They're, they're adopted into that family. And they adopted a grandpa. <laughs> I'm their grandpa. But you see, the thing is, Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have a covenant relationship with God. Now then, as a covenant relationship with the Lord, we also have the ability of God in us. God's power rests in each one of us. God's ability, every one of us have an abiding in him in the person of the Holy Spirit. The power of God, that dunamis power of God, that holy power, that anointing is in every one of us that have accepted Christ and has received the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, that power works in you right now. You've got as much right to lay hands on the sick and see them recover as any preacher or any any evangelist or whatever. You've, you've got the same right to see that happen. But the ability of God is in us. And uh, uh, God's in you to the degree that His Word's in you. What we have to realize is this. It's according to the degree of the word is what your degree of faith is. Now, if you if you don't have uh, if you feel like you don't have much faith, you know what I found out a lot of times it's because I don't have much word operating in me. Every one of us ought to we ought to be walking in faith. We, every one of us should be believing God for the supernatural. As we, as we go on and let God, you know, do what he's going to do. But God's word in you, the degree that the word is in you is the degree that God manifests himself through you. It's his word. So, we have the ability of God. The Bible said in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. See, God's Word is Lord over every circumstance of life. The Word of God trumps anything that the devil does. I don't know about you, and, 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 and I'm not going to fuss at anybody, but you know, if, if we're devil watchers, and uh, we're always talking about what the devil's doing, and we're always talking about how evil, you know, oh, the, oh I felt the devil, and and, uh, well, you know, I can feel the enemy sometimes when you go into places or whatever. You can sense by the Spirit. But I'm not, listen, that devil isn't going to have no hold over me because I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. We took a little church one time. God spoke to me to do this. I didn't want to do it. It's one of those I don't want to's. How many ever done something you don't want to do? I didn't want to because I knew what these people were into. And I knew what they believed. 
and God spoke to me and said, they're going to ask you to come and you go and minister life to these people and get them out of bondage. Every time they come to church, you have to have the devil cast out of them. Every time they came to the house, every time they went to the grocery store, devils jumped on them. I mean, this is what was taught to them. This is, this is what was coming from the pulpit to them. Uh, and they finally, that guy left, and, and uh, it's a good thing he did, because, I, I mean, those poor people were going to just let the devil run all over them all day long. Had one young man, he was an alcoholic, had DWIs, he was married, and uh, he was having to go down, uh, I guess part of his... Uh, what do they call it, probation or, or whatever, he had to go down to the, uh, wherever it was and, and go through something with them all the time. And he had to do that every month. It cost him $300 a month. That's what it cost him to do that. I mean, crime doesn't pay. <laughs> and, and it was costing $300. But I, start, I, 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 I was having early morning prayer meetings at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, don't get scared. We haven't done that here yet. But at 6 o'clock in the morning, we was having a prayer meeting. And sometimes we'd have 5, or 6, 10 people. Sometimes just be me. But he would start coming every morning for prayer meeting before he'd go to work. And I'll never forget one time he'd come in and he said, Brother Clarence, I'm believing God to get me off of this probation. Because God's still living with me. I said, well, I believe that. But you still have to abide by the law, you know. And, and he asked me one day, he said, Brother Pence, what do you think about tithing? I said, well, I'm not going to sit here and fuss at you if you don't tithe, but I think you're, count, you're cutting yourself out of blessings because you don't tithe. Because obedience brings blessings. And if we're obedient to the word and we tithe, then God blesses us, right? And I begin to share that with him. Well, the next morning he came and he must have got his paycheck and he, he put a hundred dollar bill in my hand. He said, preacher, he said, I'm seeding this into the Lord's work. And he said, I'm believing God that I'm going to be released from this probation that I'm on. So I can spend more time with my family and do the things that we need to do and not have to spend this $300 a month out of my pocket. And I said, well, I'll be in agreement with you. We prayed right there. He came back about two days later and he was so excited. They dismissed him from probation and he was free and didn't have to go back no more. Hallelujah. Now, why is that? Because he was in covenant relationship with the Lord. See, when we're in covenant relationship, we've got God's ability working for us. And so the Word of God said, look, look what Jesus said in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. We, we have the right today that when we pray, whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, if he said, if, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. How many of when you pray, you take the word of God with you? If I need healing, I'm going to take the word of God with you. The Lord, your word says, by your stripes I was healed. And I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe that. I believe that God's word is true. God can do it. Now, don't you beat yourself over the head because the devil's attacked you physically. Uh, how many of us we're not doing that tonight? Amen? 
That's not, that's not what it's about. What I'm sharing with you tonight, you're in covenant relationship, and once that gets alive in our spirit, you're going to find yourself stronger in your prayer life than ever before. Because God's Word is true. And God's Word prevails. But Jesus said in your Bible, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. He didn't say, you can ask what you will, and it might be done to you. No, he said, it shall be done to you. Why? Because we're in covenant. Covenant prayer is what we've got tonight. Can you say amen? The Bible said he, in Hebrews 1, 3, he upholds all things by the word of his power. God upholds all things by the word of his power. And God released his ability in word form, and it upholds all things. Listen, think about it for just a minute. God created this earth, and he said, let there be, and there was. Where did it come from? From the Word. The Word. The living Word. The God Word. That God Word coming forth out of God's mouth saying, let there be, and there was light. The Bible said there was light. Thank God. Thank God for what the Word says. And so, let there be light, and there was. And He upholds all things by the Word of His Listen, this earth is upheld because of the Word of His power. Let me just I know there's a lot of fear in people's hearts all over the world. Uh, climate, uh, global warming. <laughs> Someone I saw a sign the other day with all this cold air coming through. They said that only a year and a half in office and Trump already took care of global warming. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but you know, they, they, all this fear is put out there, you know, all these things. But listen. God upholds this earth by the word of his power. And the word of God's power is what is upholding all things right now. Hallelujah. I, you know, I don't know about you. I still get excited about that because the devil can't do anything until God says it's time. Now, we know things are going to get pretty bad in this earth. We know that the Antichrist spirit is already in the earth. See, just because... God is God. He still gives us the free will to choose. And so the devil is out trying to do his best to lie and get people deceived. And that's what happens. Adam and Eve was deceived. They were perfect. They were in the garden. But the devil comes and said, now God said this, but he didn't really mean it that way. And so they started believing what the devil said. And listen, the whole world today, those that are not in the covenant relationship with God is because they don't believe God. They just don't believe God. So I said, is it going to get bad? It's going to get bad. But you know what? We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. Somebody said, well, yeah, but it could get bad for us too. It could. The early church went through persecution. Jesus said, we're going to be persecuted. Amen. But you know what? What makes it so easy is when a believer, when a believer, I, I've been in the room when believers leave this earth. I want to tell you something. They leave and they open their eyes and they say, I'm getting ready to go. <laughs> and it's wonderful, brother fans. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they just go. J.C. Hibbert. I don't know if you've ever heard of him in Dallas. He had the Gospel Lighthouse. When J.C. Hibbert went on to be with the Lord, he was up in age and and uh, his sons were in there. They were with him at the house. And they had just left him in the room. And all of a sudden, they heard like chariot wheels. 
and, and horses and the sound of horses coming into the room with chariot wheels. And they heard it like a rumbling. And they opened the door. When they opened the door, the power of God knocked them all backwards in that room where they were in. And just not, the power of God was so strong in that room. And they didn't see anything, but they heard all of this stuff going on. Now, I don't know about you. Elijah was taken up with the chariot. God can do anything. And we might not, they may not have seen it, but that I'm sure Brother Hibbert saw it because here was a man that couldn't even lift his head up. He couldn't lift his hands up. And when they opened the door, he was sitting straight up in bed with his hands raised and said, The Lord's here. I'm leaving. Hallelujah. And he went home. Why? Because he's a covenant relationship. Now, we've got that same privilege tonight. Amen. But God, God's ability is in His Word. If we could just get a hold of this Word here and say, Lord, digest it, eat it, digest it, get up every day with the Word of God, this Word is life. This Word will bring victory in your life. But God's ability is in it. We've we got to learn to release that ability within us by the Word when we pray. And that's what you come to prayer is. Uh, it's a spiritual law. See, God's Word is alive and it's powerful. It is the Word of God. It's the bread of life. It's the resurrection power behind it. That when the Word comes forth, that, that's why people, I don't know about you, but I used to watch those Billy Graham old crusades and, and all those thousands of people in those stadiums. And the power of God is He preached the gospel. It was the gospel He preached. And people would just file down by the numbers and they would come down and, and just give their hearts to the Lord. Many of them weeping and crying right there. And you know, he, he didn't claim to be Pentecostal, but you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, what? If you know Jesus Christ, you're in covenant with Him. Hallelujah. And God's Word will work. I met a man in England, in Birmingham, England. He was saved in a Billy Graham crusade over in England. Now he was in prison. He was a rough dude. The prisons didn't want him. I think they had several prisons around. He had already been to all of them. <laughs> one prison didn't want him. They sent him to another one. And he was mean, rough, gruff. You could tell he was when you met him, you know. But one day, he got out of prison. They didn't even want him in prison no more. Just get out. <laughs> Maybe somebody will knock you off. <laughs> but he got out. He went to the Billy Graham Crusade in Birmingham, England. And got saved. Transformed. I mean transformed by the power of God. People witnessed the transformation. I talked to people that knew him before and knew him after the new birth. And they said, this man is a different man. He is literally transformed by the power of God. And even the prisons got a hold of him. And they wanted to interview him, you know, because of they knew what he was. He, he was, I mean, he might have murdered somebody. I don't know what happened, but... Uh, you know, he, he, he was a rough dude. And God got a hold of him, and he was born again, and got in covenant relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. But I was privileged to meet him. Somebody said, well, out of those people, I don't think they get saved. Well, <laughs> this one did. And I'm sure that there's literally thousands upon thousands upon thousands that have been born again through Billy Graham's ministry in, in that time that he did it. But God's Word is more powerful than the laws of nature. God's Word never changes, but the Word will change things. 
It's amazing what words will do. Did you know a soft word will turn away wrath? Nobody's ever had to witness that before. A soft word will turn away wrath. And did you know what? If you'll speak the word of God in a situation that is that is where the devil's in the rampage or whatever, you can speak the word and it brings peace. It'll bring joy. It'll, it'll make love be manifest because the, there's power in the word. And effective prayer, effective prayer, I'm still talking about covenant prayer now. Effective prayer will literally destroy the kingdom of darkness and release the ability of God in the earth. <coughs> effective prayer. What did, what did the writer say? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, when you're praying with effectual praying, something happens. <laughs> Brother Osteen gave an illustration one time. He had a little lady in his church that came up. She always had a sore toe. And she came up every service with that sore toe. And Brother, Brother Osteen just got irritated. I mean, you know, hey, he's a human being, you know, and he just got irritated praying for that toe every service, you know. And he just got to where he didn't want to pray for it. And Dopey, his wife, got over and said, now, John, you have compassion. And you do what the Word says. And he prayed. And then that next week after all this had happened, he, he got a sore tongue. And he said, that thing hurts so bad. He said, I have compassion for anybody that's got a sore toe now. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, you know, God will get your attention too. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and just go ahead and let God's word work. Amen. But we, we have new covenant prayer. It's different than prayer prayed under the old covenant. A new covenant prayer is based on the new covenant relationship that Jesus has given us as sons and daughters of the Lord. We have the right. We have the right to ask the Father anything. That's what Jesus was teaching the disciples. Anything you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it. He'll do it. I'm going to send another comforter. The Holy Ghost is going to come and he's going to walk along beside you. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it. Whatever. Whatever. How many knows whatever covers a lot of territory? Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. That's, this is covenant relationship. I'm talking about covenant praying tonight. Listen, our group right here can get in unity and pray covenant praying and see this whole area shook by the power of God. And don't shout me down, but I'm doing some good now. Do you believe that? There's no limit to what God can do because God's prayer. <laughs> prayer doesn't change God. How many knows God's unchangeable? He's not the Lord God, I change not. You're, all you're praying in the world is not changing God. And all you're praying in the world is not changing God's mind. See, God's already got his mind set. When he let Jesus become the supreme sacrifice, his mind was, you're liberated. You're free. You're my child. You can ask anything in the name of my son, I'll do it for you. Because that's the kind of relationship that the Lord wanted when Jesus died for us. And therefore, we're not changing God's mind. If you're going through an adverse situation right now, don't beg God. Listen, please God. I've heard people beg God. 
Y'all stay with me. <laughs> yeah, because we don't have to beg him to do anything because he's our father. Listen, my daddy would have gotten mad at me and slapped me upside the head if I would have said, Daddy, would you please give me $10 for gas in my car? Well, no. He'd do it because he loved me. Amen? Because he was my father. God is your father. Jesus is, and usually in this term, he's our big brother now. Because we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And what he has is ours. And what he's done for others, he'll do for you. Because we're part of the family of God. And all my praying, I can't change God's mind about something. But what I can do is pray his word. God honors his word. If you need people to get saved, just say, Lord, your word says my household will be saved. Amen? If the devil's attacking you financially, you can say, my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you need joy, your joy cups overflowing. And the joy of the Lord is your strength tonight. Hallelujah. And we can rejoice in him. So what we're going to do, we're not going to try to change God's mind. We're just going to get in agreement with what God's already done. And we're going to let our mouth line up with the word of God. And our mouth is going to speak the covenant words of God. And as we speak the covenant words of God, we're going to see those covenant words of God manifested. And we're going to see the results of the covenant promises of the Lord in our life. God's a good God. I like that revelation of Oral Roberts said. God's a good God. The devil's a bad devil. Hallelujah. <laughs> So tonight, God is a good God, and we're going to see prayer. See, we, we don't have to change his mind about us. God loves us. God loves you. Some think if they keep on praying, he'll eventually uh, hear us and answer. <laughs> no. You know what the Lord said to, to Daniel? Remember when Daniel had to pray? And... Uh, the prince of Persia had hindered the answer from happening when Daniel was praying there in Babylonian captivity. And he prayed, and finally Michael, the archangel, came and said, Daniel, just want to tell you something. God heard you the first time you prayed. But we've had a little hindrance up here with the with the powers of darkness. But he said, we overtook them. Hallelujah. Everything's going to be fine now. Praise God. Now, sometimes there's delays, but listen. You're not changing God's mind. God loves you. God wants you well. God wants you saved. God wants you delivered. God wants you set free. God wants to do, He wants to save your household. He wants to save your children. He wants to save everybody you're connected to. Why? Because that's what He promised. That He'd save our household if we're there believing. Covenant relationship. Covenant praying. Faith moves God. Everybody say, I have faith. See, the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I like what one translation says, faith perceives as real fact what's not yet revealed to our sense knowledge. See, faith sees it before it's ever manifested. Because God has already made the provisions for it. And God's already provided everything for it. So it's faith moves God. Our need does not move God. Is he, is he mindful of my needs? Sure he is. But your need does not move God. God doesn't move for you because he feels sorry for you. 
God moves for us because we're covenant people and we realize we have a covenant relationship and we've got covenant praying that we're going to do and God is our Father and He said, whatever He asks the Father in my name, the Lord said, He'll do it. So it's not the need that moves God. It's not vain repetitions that move God. It's not if you say, well, I've got to pray this and say it a hundred times or a thousand times. How many ever done that before? I mean, you know, Listen, sometimes it may take a thousand times saying something to get it down in your heart to where it's a revelation. I remember when I first got a revelation of the Lord keeping us in health and, and uh, keeping us healed. And I always got the flu every flu season. Every, every, I, I, it, it, didn't, it didn't matter. I got it. I prepared for it. I, I saw it on television. They said, prepare for the flu season. I believed them, and I prepared for it. I got ready for it. <laughs> now listen, uh, that, it, how many understand we're not critical of anybody that's had the flu? We, I've had the flu before. But what I'm saying is, I would get it every year because that's what I thought had to be. Sure enough, January came along. That's when I always got it in January. And I was down for two weeks. Always two weeks. And uh, But prior to that, we had a preacher come over that we were kind of assisting there in Houston, Texas. And he came over and sat down with us one night and he preached on Isaiah 53 5 to us for an hour and a half in our living room. About, and, and I mean, the revelation by his stripes were healed. He went through the whole thing. And my wife went in there. She was on some medications and different things. And I'm not telling anybody to do this tonight. How many understand what I'm saying? But she got a hold of something that night and she went into the bathroom and she threw all of her medicine down the toilet. She called me in there and said, Come in here. I went, what are you doing? She said, she had a Bible open. She said, either God means it or he's a liar. And I believe he means it. Said, by his stripes we're healed. So she did. She got rid of it. And you know what? She was healed. She never had to have it again. Until the later years when she went through something. But you know what? God has an expiration date. We're not, listen, God knows when he's going to bring us home. Amen. But the thing is, on my journey, I want to say as healthy as I can. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and let God's word work in my life. But January came along. About the middle of January, I got my flu. It hit me hard. I was so sick, I couldn't get out in the car to go get my medicine. Because I went and looked for the medicine. I said, where's my flu medicine? She said, oh, I threw it away with mine. I said, I'm sick. Will you go get me some? She said, No. I said, well, I'm too sick to go. She said, well, you're just going to have to believe God. Now, I know that sounds kind of far out, but you know what? She got the message through to me. I was too sick to go. So I just laid there for two weeks, and I just said, Lord, by your stripes I'm healed. By your stripes I'm healed. If I didn't say it 10,000 times, I said it 20,000 times. For two weeks, I just, by your stripes I'm healed. Well, you know, one day I, I was healed. Now, I don't know if it just ran its course or, if, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that's what happened because I didn't have faith in what I was saying. I didn't have a revelation at that time in what I was saying. But you know what? I finally did get a hold of it. And God does keep us and God can preserve us and God can keep us healthy. God can keep us well. Listen, I, I believe that. I believe that we can stand on the word and say, Lord, I'm going to... And if the devil does attack... We're not exempt from attacks. Have you ever said what I'm saying tonight? I don't want you to go out here and say, Brother Terrence is preaching something uh, fanatical. But it is kind of fanatical. But, you know, but, but, how many of you what I'm saying? 
if you do get attacked, you've got something to come back with. And that's the word. And you've got something to say, devil, you're a liar. I heard one preacher say one time to this lady, she was taking medication, and he said, look, she said, when do I quit? She, he said, your body will tell you. He said, every time you take it, you just say, thank you, Jesus, because by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And just do your medicine every day, just like you're supposed to, and one day you're not going to need it. Praise God. I've had people healed of sugar diabetes in my services, and I say, should Brother Parrish says, quit taking my insulin? I said, by no means, no. I'm not going to get in trouble. You know, and I, I, I always tell them, don't you quit anything. Don't stop anything. Because your body will tell you when you don't need it. And sure enough, a week later, sometimes we do two or three week meetings, you know, back then. And a week later, they come in. Well, I went to the doctor. I'm healed. Hallelujah. But you see, I didn't tell them that that's what they had to do. But what we have to do is understand that we're covenant people tonight. We have a covenant relationship. We have covenant praying. And listen, and, and as sure as the world, as you speak the word of God over a situation, the devil's going to put up barriers and say, it ain't real, it's not working, it's no good. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. God's not the one who determines the outcome. We're the one. Amen? Because we are covenant people. God's a covenant God. We have a covenant relationship. That's covenant blood that Jesus shed for us. It's the eternal blood of the Lord. And that same blood that spilled for our salvation is the same blood that spilled from his back for our healing in our body. And that same blood that came out of the brow where they slammed that crown of thorns down upon his head and it pierced down into his brain, that same blood heals us of emotional Sickness and emotional healings and, and, and despair and depression because he bare our sicknesses. Can you say amen? Oh, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. First Peter 2 24 says, Thy stripes we were healed. Hallelujah. And therefore, I'm going to be a covenant person. Now, don't you put yourself under condemnation. I, 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 I'm going to set you down and say, Now, shame on you if you put yourself under condemnation. Because I'm not, how many knows we're not preaching condemnation? We're preaching the Word of God that shows you what who God is and what He's done and what He will do. And you know what? Eventually, we're going to get a hold of these things in our heart and our life, and we're going to walk in victory. Praise God. And we're going to see more answers to prayer than we had in the last few years. Praise God. Because the Word prevails. God's a covenant God. Oh, thank God. I believe it, don't you? Do you believe in the Lord tonight? Do you believe that Jesus did all this for us? Do you believe you're a child of God? Do you believe you're a son and daughter of the King? And I mean, you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And everything He has is yours and everything you have is His. Hallelujah. And we're in covenant relationship with the Lord. And we've got to believe that the angels of heaven are encamped about us tonight. Oh, listen, He could have called 10,000 of them that day that He died, but He he chose not to because he had to die in that sense in order for us to be redeemed. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't because we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But you know what? The angels of God are camped around about those who love the Lord in period tonight. We've got, we've got protection from angels that you have. You might not even realize you were protected from an accident because the angels of God were there before you. Listen, the angels are real and they have an assignment from God. They're made a little lower than us. 
Praise God. Don't you worship angels, because angels are not to be worshipped. Only the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as we worship Him, the angels are there to be ministering spirits sent forth to minister us to, to us as heirs of salvation. So thank God we're free in Him tonight. Amen. Lift your hands and just thank God. Father, we thank You. Your Word's truth. Lord, we thank You that Your Word is truth and we have what Your Word declares. <laughs> we're covenant people. We're in covenant relationship with You. Father, we just thank You tonight. Thank You that we have what Your Word declares. We have it in the name of Jesus. And we just give You praise for it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank You, Lord. Help me to know that old chorus. I want us to do this song tonight before we leave. Amen. We took a little bit longer tonight. Is that okay? Y'all forget it, right? <laughs> well, it's only believing. Only believing. All things are possible.
The mother brought him up for prayer. We prayed for him. I didn't feel electricity go through my hands. I didn't feel nothing supernatural happening, you know. But the Lord put something in my heart. <clears throat> God told me to tell her. God, God said, you tell her, don't look for the big things. The big change. But start looking for the little things. And the big change will come later. Start seeing God moving just in some small things in his life. Well, you know, about two weeks went by. They came to church on a Wednesday night. They were so excited they couldn't wait. <laughs> they had, I mean, they couldn't wait until the service. They, they'd come up. Brother Clarence, she brought him up. She said he did something today at school that he's not been able to do in his whole life. He kicked a soccer ball because of his coordination. He couldn't do that before. And he kicked a soccer ball. And I said, see? God said, look for the little things. And it wasn't long until we saw him coming down the aisle one Sunday morning. And he was walking upright and walking straight. It took several weeks for all of this to be manifested like that. But God said, look for the little thing. And it wasn't long until he was walking upright and walking normal. Because the power of God had moved in his life. And then he went on to school, graduated from college. I mean, God did some great things in his life. Still healed. God don't take it back. Amen. God can do it tonight. So whatever you need God to do, supernaturally, I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told her. Don't get discouraged if you don't see it happen immediately just like that. But you just start praising God for the little things that you see. Just the little things. You'll see differences. You'll see something happening. Let's lift our hands to the Lord tonight and sing it this way. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. All things are possible. Lord, I
Father, those people that need to be saved, children, grandchildren, husbands, wives that need to come to the Lord, that incorruptible seed is there. Father, we're thanking you that that seed is watered by the Spirit tonight. Lord, we're going to start seeing changes. Small changes, but we're going to start seeing them until one day there's a total radical change in their lives. In the name of Jesus, we just give you praise and we give you glory for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, he is. Our God is real. Can you say amen? As we leave tonight, let's just sing it unto the Lord. My God is real. He's real in my soul. My God is real. For he has watched and waited over his love for me. His life My God is real, for I can feel in my soul. Hallelujah. I can believe he's real. Amen. We're going to hear some reports, testimonies of little things that God's done, and showing you that he hasn't forgotten. Amen. Praise God. Well, amen. Brother Kruger, would you dismiss us in prayer tonight? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, hug somebody because you love them.